I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, excited to release an episode uh, from a series that uh, is three parts to it called Thrive Not Survive. So for the next three weeks, we'll be sharing some recordings from the two-day event called Thrive Not Survive that we hosted for one of our companies, Livian. During this series, I addressed three main topics that will help you and your business not only survive, but thrive in this uncertain market, regardless of what business that you're in. First, we'll talk about daily habits and practices that will help you thrive every day. Second, I'll share how to show up and lead yourself first before you can lead anybody else, by the way, that is self-leadership precedes leadership. And lastly, I explain the 200% life and how you can thrive in both your inner world in your outer world, we have an inner experience and we have an outer experience. A 200% life is pulling both of those together. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Talk to you soon. We do think about the 200% life and I'm excited. You know, we've learned over the last, you know, day and a half, day and three quarters, we've had a lot of different presenters, a lot of tactical skills. And I really wanted to kind of um, end today with um, a concept that's near and dear to us that I believe is kind of the cornerstone for thriving every day, right? And we kind of look at it as a 200% life. Um, and the way we're gonna, the way we're gonna, we're gonna jump into this uh, is we're gonna jump into a few things here and then we're gonna wrap up with questions and comments. So please make sure you hang around. We'll, we'll try to have about 30 minutes of comments. We'll take as long as we need for people. But jumping into 200% life, the first thing is, is please just stop taking yourself so damn seriously. Everybody is, is not everybody, but generally speaking, people take themselves way too serious. They put way too much stock into what other people think. They put way too much stock into what you think. And this is like, I know it sounds so simple, but if you just read the phrase every day, just like, I just gotta stop taking myself so seriously. It just puts lightness in your steps so that you're not sitting there trying to fight with life anymore. And this is part of thriving every day is the thrive of it isn't just about business, isn't just about personal, isn't just about what you do for fun, isn't about what books you read, but it's the whole experience of it. So number one is in order to thrive every day, we just stop taking ourselves so serious. We, we, we end up waking up trying to like hold on like we used that example earlier like that white knuckle right it's like you're you need to get this thing done you need to make sure you have this next trip or this next thing and the reality is it doesn't really matter you're not going to take that with you so it's one of those things that's just like man you just stop taking yourself so serious for a lot of these things and as you do that you actually start to thrive way more than you ever thought you could before so what does it really look like um the 200 life is around the conversation that it's not just about 100 outer world it's not just about 100 inner world and so we're going to discuss both in length but really when you think about it, i want you to think about the 200 life in terms of how you thrive as well right the 200 life is kind of a recipe it's a it's a uh, it's a path that you can utilize in your life that allows you to look at the outer world in your inner world because and we're going to explain both of them but life is not just 100% you have a 100% outer world but you if you haven't noticed there is this whole inner world experience and the essence of the 200% life is the reality is everybody what you're doing outwardly is you're trying to get your inner experience this, the way you want it to so that it can feel good in there. I mean, that's really what people are doing. So the 200% life says, hold on, there's a way to do this. And there's a way to handle the outer world. And there's a way to handle the inner world. So let's kind of jump in and see what this looks like, right? 
So first, what is the outer world, right? There's 100% outer world. This is where goals are, right? The roles we play. Remember, if I were to ask you, if I were to ask Don or Michael to say, like, who are you? You may say, I am a CEO. I'm a vice president of growth. Whatever it is that you say is your titles. That's not really who you are. Those are roles or identities that we have, the roles that we play, but they're not really who you are, right? It's like when, if you were to, when you looked in the mirror when you were 10 and you looked in the mirror when you're 40, isn't it the same you who looks in the mirror? You just see a different physical resemblance. Sure, your physicality, and if you haven't noticed, your body changes, right? It just does. It's you start small and then you grow and you want to grow and you get stronger. And then there's this whole other aspect of you getting older and things change. I mean, the whole definition of aging is that you don't recover as faster, right? All those different things. But there's a lot of roles that we play. The challenge with this is in the outer world, we a lot of us get addicted to these roles. And we start taking ourselves very serious in these roles. It doesn't mean that you can't play all out or shouldn't do your best. That's not what we're saying at all. And we're going to talk about that. But goals are, and you're going to see a slide on this whole thing, but goals are have a beginning and end, not your purpose. Roles are wonderful. We can be a fireman. We can play dress up in Disneyland. We can play dress up for Halloween. You can be a mother, a father, a parent, a friend, a coworker. You can be a stranger, right? You're all these things all the time, but they're just things that we do while we're here. The, the challenge with this is, is when, when you get so addicted to the role that we play that, you know, I'm the CEO that runs a $2 million GCI company. And if all of a sudden that starts to be threatened in there, it's like your whole identity is threatened, but it's really not you. It's like when your kids want to start leaving college, I understand that there's a, a different scene in a, and all of a sudden at that angle, like there's a different opportunity in life and you may feel different experiences. But if we've attached ourselves as a mother or father, then that becomes a, 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 an event of suffering versus an event of just unfolding. So we have to be very careful in this outer world that we play in because it's, it's almost as if you wake up and it's like you're just trying to play with the outer world to make sure our inner world has a better experience. So these roles that we play, we just, we, it's like the strongest desire in human, in human instinct is to stay consistent with who we think we are. And that really who we think we are has to do with the roles. But if you haven't noticed, there's a, you play all roles all the different times, right? So what else is in the outer world, right? People, places, things, right? These are, this is money, this is boats, this is cars. These are any of these things that are out there right? Any, anything that is the nouns, right? They're, they're vacations. They're all of these different things that are there. It's all things that we can play with that are there. There's people, there's their friends, there's intimate partners, there's business partners, there's places you can visit. And it's wonderful. And there's a whole bunch of things that we can do. You can ski, you can walk, you can cross country ski. It's all snowing outside of my house. So it's all about skiing up here, right? But see, so you can hike, you can dance, you can paint. There's so many things that we can do. But again, there's the things that we do while we're here. There's, of course, relationships. There's a lot of relationships that we can develop. We can develop personal relationships, business relationships. Those are all things, again, that we're playing with in the outer world. And then, of course, you've got careers and businesses, right? These are things that you start. These are, you know, somebody says, give me your resume. You walk yourself through. One time I was a financial controller, and then I was an analyst. And next thing I know, I'm running this organization over here. So you have all these different careers or businesses that you have, but those come and go, too. To a certain extent, they are, they do, right? Like you can even change roles within your job, right? You can take on different responsibilities in your job. You can change the title, but it doesn't mean it changes you. So again, and then of course there's money. And the funny thing about money is money it means nothing. It means everything. 
And it's like, I know that's a contradicting statement, but it really does. I mean, money is all, if you ever stop thinking about money, it's built on trust, right? It's trust that you'll be able to use this to future some some good. And, and really where money comes from is that people needed a way or currency to not have to like trade a cow for a llama if they didn't want it, right? Whatever that was. So they developed money or currency. And that's really where it came from. It's built on trust system, but really what is money? Right. You know, it's it's really fascinating um, exploring the concept of money, particularly when people are struggling with it uh, or they're using money as a way to uh, make themselves feel better. There's these are one of these things that you can do, but you get really caught in it. So think about the 100 percent outer world. You have goals, roles we play, people, places, things, relationships, our careers, our businesses, our money. All of these different things are outer world. And again, they're there for us to play with. They're wonderful, but that's only half of life. It really just is. There is a whole other segment to this, right? And we'll get into in a few minutes, but goals have a beginning and an end. They are not your purpose in life. They are goals. So understand that goals play an important part of what we're doing, but they just are that they have a beginning and they have an end. They are not your purpose. They are goals. I mean, the whole purpose of a goal is to get through it, right? And the whole, the part of being a leader is making sure that you're elevating your goals at all times, right? You keep pushing those things up. You keep changing goals, but they're there. But a lot of times we get so attached to specific goals that we miss the aim in life. We miss the important conversations that we need to have in life because we're so focused on goals. So remember that when you're setting goals, you should, you should use them. You should have them, but just understand what they are. They are designed to keep you entertained while you're on your way, while you're working towards things, while you're letting go, while you're growing. This is honestly, you know, why from the beginning of when I started a business, this was almost like an experiment for me that business is nothing but this the conduit for your personal growth. Because who would who would sign up for business to have a lawsuit filed against them or to have three people leave in one day or to have your, you know, the people leave and then start a competitive brokerage or a competitive team or whatever it is. And then by the way, they're trying to steal your employees. So part of it is that you just, all these things are going to happen that you wouldn't sign up for, but you get to now experience and go through. That's just part of the personal growth avenue that business can bring. And when you set your aim on that, of you're recognizing that you're, when you're going through business, that you're going to encounter a tremendous amount of things that test you. If you're not attached to the outcome, you will always have a better result in the end. If you are attached to the things in the outer world, if it's it's if anybody anybody's read Michael Singer's book Untethered Soul, the whole part of that is is you're untethering yourself from yourself. The other way I like to think about this is um, most people. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But again, they are not again they're not your purpose in life. They're just goals. They they are what they are. They're designed for a tool for the outer world. Right. The same thing with money. Look, money is money. Joy is joy. It's as simple as that, right? Happiness is a, is a momentary thing. It's wonderful. Internal fulfillment, meaning, purposeful, right? Those type of things are, are peace is really what drives people, right? But money is money. It's Again, it's a tool in your life. And just, you should see it as such. It's a wonderful tool. And it's also a tool that means nothing. You know, the other day I was talking to a very... Um, uh, a guy who sold his business and he was down in Florida. I was trying to buy some real estate from him and his brother had just died. 
And, uh, and I could tell, and I gave my condolences and I was like, so let me just ask you a question. Like, what does money mean to you? I always like to ask that question of people that are older and, and have had plenty of money in their life and the, his, his response faster than anything. He said, money means nothing to me. It means nothing. And I said, well, explain to me that a little bit more. Like, what is it? You, you say money means nothing. And he goes, well, sure. It's mechanical. It's a tool. Now I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it's, it's there and we utilize it, right? It's, it's there. But in the end, money means nothing. And it's, it's, he kind of left at that. And I could tell he was in this stage and he didn't really want to go much deeper into it, but it was just, it was so raw for him. And just in this, to see big business owners and he, the part of the reason, one of the reasons why he actually was doing what he was doing and he was working on a ranch in Florida now um, that he, that he has that he paid for. Um, and, but again, money is money and joy is joy. He actually, what he, oh, well, the point of me saying that one of these, he said, he goes, I could give it all away and, and literally be the exact same person that I am today. So it's, it's, yes, I have it and I can do things with it, but it, it means nothing to me. Meaning that I could, I could go back to how it was when I was, you know, 15 years old, 16 years old and, and where I had no money or when I was first starting my business and I had no money, I was just as happy inside. Right. So that's part of it. And think about it. it I, I always like to ask this question too, is like at some point in your life, you probably made a lot less money, right? When maybe when you were 15, 16, 20, did it really seem like you weren't happy? <laughs> did it didn't seem like you needed that much more money? Did your life actually seem much different? It really didn't, did it? Like you now, when you expand the problem with spending money in this way to gain some level of fulfillment or meaning is that what ha the luxury items that you think are luxury become necessities in your life. And then they become part of your identity in the outer world, which you're now glued to. So now all of a sudden you've got an image to maintain. You've got to be able to do this. You've got to hold on to it and you've got to spend that same money. And then you get caught up in this. That's where money becomes a trap for you. You know, I, I got the chance to spend the entire day with Michael Singer uh, at his house. And the really fascinating thing about, uh, obviously, many of you probably read a lot of his books, Surrender Experiment, Untethered Soul, Living Untethered, which is his most recent book. And of course, he's been on Oprah and Tony Robbins. He doesn't really like to do interviews, doesn't really like to meet with people. And over like years, I just kept pestering. And finally, he's like, come on down. So I, I went and spent the day with him. It's funny because he sold his company for over a billion dollars in the 90s. And I walked into his house and it was honestly like a 1970s camp. I mean, it had a camper stove. It had like a, a TV that was like from like the 50s. And I was like, dude, can I, just, can I buy you a new stove? Like, it was just like, he's like, I just don't need it. He's like, the house is wonderful. And he's like, if my, it, it, we just had a, a wonderful conversation, but his whole point was like, yeah, sure. Money is great. You can have it, but it, it's like, it, I didn't feel any different now that I have money than I didn't have money. And then what he also said to me, uh, which I think is, is important. Uh, he said, no matter what you're doing and what your, your level is for money, the advice that I always give everybody is spend way below your means, way below your means. This is part of the outer life. It gets, again, that will always feel better. I promise you it will. If you set your lifestyle up so that you're always spending way below your means, you'll always be, you'll have that sense of not feeling out of control or not trying to jump into the next luxury item or identity. This is why we can do buckets of money. But anyways, we'll get into that in a whole other conversation. But I just want you to remember that money is money. It's not joy. It's not. There's nobody that's ever made any amount of money that has felt that in a moment and then gone back to feeling and, and, and permanently felt the way they had after a big month or a big sale. It's even lottery winners. Right? Lottery winners are in this euphoric high for about six to eight months. I mean, they've studied everybody. 
And then, and then literally wins hundreds of millions of dollars, life-changing. And then within five to six years, they find themselves in a worse off financial situation because they don't understand money. They don't understand that it's just a tool. You can never let it run you. It's wonderful. Again, I'm always throw that in there, right? And you can, you can enjoy the fruits of everything that you build, but just understand at the deeper level that money is money and joy is joy. It's never going to change from there. All right. So that's the outer world, right? Goals, money, people, places, things, all wonderful vacations, any of those things. Now, let's turn this inner world. So there's three things in the inner world, right? You have voice, the mind, right? The mind talks and everyone has it in there. Just think about it. I said this earlier. I'll say it again for people maybe that are new on here. Um, when you're just listening to the last 20 minutes of me talk, were you really actually listening to me have a conversation or were you listening to the mind narrate whether you liked what I said, didn't like what I said, disagreed, or agreed with what I was saying? You're actually listening to this voice narrate almost everything in life. And the crazy thing is you're actually listening to it and, and basically running after what it tells you to do. So there is this voice inside your head. It talks. That's the nature of the mind, the personal mind anyways. There's the analytical mind, which when you use your mind to go two times two or where are my keys or how to write a business report or how to set a goal, any of those things, that's you using your analytical mind. That's the whole point of it is a tool. Just like money, mind is a tool. But the reality is, is it's, it's in control of everybody else because it incessantly talks. And then the thing with it is, is when, you, when the mind gets what it wants, it releases energy right? It just opens up and allows the energy flow to move through you. It's, that's really what really the spiritual heart, right? The spiritual heart is not your actual heart. The spiritual heart is where energy flows in and out. And let me just use some simple examples for you because I don't want to lose anybody here. This is such an important conversation. The spiritual heart, when people say like, let's just say you had three deals about the close and in 15 minutes, all of them canceled. The third one comes in, you would feel like you would say, oh my God, I felt like my heart just dropped. It's like my heart just dropped. Well, your, your physical heart didn't go anywhere. What actually happened was the energy that comes through the spiritual heart was blocked. That's what you're feeling. And so you, you are the, in control, by the way, of that energy. It has nothing to do with the outside world. I promise you it doesn't, right? You've just, you've, you've tethered ourselves to it and we believe that the outside world has tethered ourselves to our inside world. So we, we make the connection between the two because when the mind does get what it, what it wants, it opens that spiritual heart up and allows more energy to flow in as the energy flows in, you feel better. And therefore now you're convinced that the mind knows what it's doing because it's allowed more energy to come in. Well, we're going to talk about how you can, you can get through that, but understand in the inner world, right? There's three things, the voice, that's the mind that just talks as the personal mind. It just narrates. It just says the most ridiculous things. It's like an annoying roommate in there. And I don't know why anybody listens to it. I'm serious. Like it just does not know. It just, it, 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 it tells you what it thinks that you should go do. But this is the problem. We're in there, by the way, listening to the mind. Because in order to hear it, you have to be a subject-object relationship, which means that if I hold up a card and you look at the picture and I hold up another picture and you're looking at that, you know that you're not the picture. So if you can hear the mind, there's like a whole world in there, right? And it's the whole inner experience that you're really caring about. Because that, when the inner experience is well, you are wonderful, right? And when it's not well, you're not well. And that's because you've attached yourself to it. So part of the whole personal growth journey is understanding the inner world. It's understanding that there's a whole beautiful outer world. 
that we've just discussed that you can go play with, that you can have fun with, that you can do everything with it's It's wonderful to be able to do. And then there's this inner world, which is really what we're really trying to figure out, which is again, this voice, the emotions, right? You have, so the emotions come up and go all the time in your life. There's emotions that, that run in. There's emotions that you feel anger, you feel jealousy, you feel peace, you feel happiness, you feel joy. And by the way, who is in there that can understand and label with words that we've created in the physical world, what the subtle difference in vibration is on these? Like, how do you tell the difference between frustration and anger? You're like, well, I just know. Well, how do you know? Because you're in there experiencing it. That's your inner world. And you're going, I'm feeling frustrated right now, or I'm feeling very angry right now. And, and the mistake that people make on their journey is they try to go in there and they try to, they try to diffuse the anger. Well, anger is anger. It's like a hawk eats meat. It's not eating grass. You're not going to make a hawk eat grass. You're not going to settle down the anger or the jealousy. So what you do, how do you get out of this is you actually start relaxing and releasing. And this is where the word surrender in a lot of Zen and Buddhist and, and spirituality worlds comes in. It just, it's a big word, but all it really means is that you just relax for a second and allow the emotion to go through. The Dalai Lama released a book. Um, it's called the book of joy. A lot of people have probably read it. It's when uh, Desmond, um, uh, uh, the, the Bishop who recently passed away, Desmond um, uh, Tutu, and they did this book of joy. And it basically the Dalai Lama was asked, he said, do you ever get irritated or frustrated? He goes, well, of course I do. But he's like, it's like writing on water. It's like, it's there for a second and then gone, which means that you feel the emotion and then you let it go. And the cool thing, I always put this caveat in there for, for high achievers, why this is so important for one, this is your life. And that's really what you're after. And we're gonna talk more about that, but it also makes you a fierce business competitor. It just does. Because if you truly are okay inside, right, and, you, uh, and you're letting go of the outcome at all times, you show up completely differently. You show up as a leader committed to the outer world in the inner world. And you have a wonderful, you know, um, Phil Knight uh, back in the 1990s was having his NBA players doing meditation and reading books. Again, this is way back in the day. And when he wrote his book in the uh, 11 Rings and they asked him, they said, hey, you know, why did you, you have this quote in there that basically said, we practice hard, we have goals, we, 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 we work harder than anybody else does, but as soon as we get on the court, we let go of the outcome. We let go of the outcome altogether. And he said, well, why would you let go of the outcome? Don't you want to win? He goes, well, of course, that would be great, but the reason why we let go of the outcome, it's because way, it's way better to live your life that way. It's way more fun to play the game when you've let go of the outcome. And guess what? We actually end up playing the game better when we let go of the outcome. When you let go of the outcome in business, you play the game better. And by the way, he won what? Seven rings, right? So think about that. You want to win your business championship. You want to win the championship of life. You start letting go of the outcome because you play better because you interact with it better. So many of us are afraid to let go of part of us that has this, this drive. We say, well, I can't let go of fear because it drives me. And I go, sure. It's driven you to a certain point. Let me ask you another question. What would it look like if you actually let go of fear and, and clarity and enthusiasm drove, drove you, how much more ahead would you be? And you can't actually answer the question. So I understand fear drove you or anger drove you and you got results. I'm not denying that, but could they be 10 times larger? Could it be bigger? Could something else drive you? Again, you don't beat your heart. You don't secrete. You don't know how to even make an eyeball or move your eyes or move your hands. You just do it. 
So life knows what it's doing. We're just the ones getting in the way. And that's the start of the inner world conversation. So the, 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 the injection point here is understanding that there is, a, there is a voice that talks incessantly in there. It never shuts up. It never does. And we get glued to it to the point that we think we are the voice. That's why we started with 100% outer world, because we think we're addicted to, to roles. And the reason the roles that we play or the jobs that we play, that we, the roles that we are addicted to is because the mind is telling you that. And so therefore you're now so close to it that you can't see the separation, right? Then these, then of course, you've got all these emotions that come up. And again, we started talking about how you can feel the differences to them. It's never not about not experiencing emotions. It's not, that's not what it's about at all. You're going to experience a whole slew of emotions. In fact, what would life be like if you couldn't feel your heart? There would be no depth to it right? You wouldn't feel low or high or in between. It's like when Mozart can play the piano, he can get, bring it so low that you cry or so high that you're euphoric. That is the depth and beats of your heart. That's the whole point of the spiritual heart is to feel the depth of life. But a lot of us have cut ourselves off from that. It's like the minute we start to feel the experience of life, it's either too hot or too cold or too there and we shut it off. And this is what we end up storing. They're called some scars. We're not going to get into that today, but they're stored energy patterns, which is why circle, by the way, is the most powerful form in the universe because it can stay still, but yet keep moving. And we end up storing in, in those some scars and blocking our energy flow. And so then when we get what we want in the outer world, it's like we tiptoe two through the tulips, we open up and we feel better. When you get money or get what you want, you feel great. There's no denying that. But why doesn't somebody wake up and ask the question, why can't I feel that way anyways? It's not like if, if you broke up with somebody that you've been dating for three years and you've been depressed at some level for two days and you're just lying around, you have no energy. And the person calls you up and says, oh, Michael, I can't believe I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I just I'm coming over. I love you so much. I need to come over and do this instantaneously. How much energy do you have? I mean, I'm serious. How much energy do you have? You have a tremendous amount of energy all of a sudden. It just shows up. It didn't come from the phone call. It didn't, nobody injected a serum into you, right? It's not like you drank something to kind of make that happen. It's within you. That's your inner experience. And now you're elated. You're cleaning everything up. You all know what I'm talking about. You do this in a whole bunch of different scenarios. So it's like, why doesn't you just stop in, in, in the whole personal growth, spiritual growth, whatever word makes sense, it's irrelevant to me. As long as you're on this journey, the whole sense of that, by the way, is to ask deeper questions about, well, why can't, why at some point you should just wake up and go, why can't I feel that way anyways? Why can't I feel that way every day? And we're going to talk about that, but this understand this inner world and this inner experience, voice, emotions, and the spiritual heart. The spiritual heart, again, is where you feel the energy come and go. When you get what you want, it opens up. When you don't get what you want, it closes down. And there's really an easy matrix to all of this. It's you can, you can, no matter who you know, who's ever's out there, you can tell how somebody's doing. If somebody gets what they want, they're okay. If somebody doesn't get what they don't want, they're not okay. Right. And then so either you're afraid that you're not going to get what you want, or you're afraid that you're going to get what you don't want. And that is how people are interacting with life. Even when you get money or you get certain numbers in sales or you hit a certain level, you're afraid you got to hold on to it. Like people right now, even in real estate are all the time, they're, Hey, I did have such a great year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain it. That's really making me oh, great. I understand that there's challenges, 
But how do we actually not make that part of our identity? And then this, I always keep putting this back to people that are in business because it's, it's, it's not about not taking action. In fact, the clearer you are, the more action you can take and just the happier your life's going to be. And this is where he started in the beginning to thrive in your life, not just for the last two days, but to really thrive in your life is to have a meaningful, peaceful, fulfilled, enthusiastic life. The whole, that is an inside job, not an outside job. So understand to start this, to start really thriving every day, it starts with an inner experience. And so one of the things that I like to do, right, is ask myself every single day, um, as soon as I get, first of all, as soon as I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is like, I'm back because you gain kind of consciousness, which by the way, it's interesting because you're always conscious. You understand that you're always conscious. And, to, and people say, well, not when I'm sleeping. And I go, well, did you dream last night? And they say, well, no. And I go, well, how did you know you didn't dream? And they go, well, I had a really crazy dream. And I go, well, how'd you know you had a dream? And they go, well, I was just in there. And of course you were. That's who you are. You're the one who's experiencing life. You're the one who's witnessing everything that's unfolding. And then one of the reasons why um, uh, I, I love talking about decisions, and we talked about this earlier during leadership, why are decisions tough for people? And the reason, and this is just simple examples here, the reason why a lot of decisions are tough for people is because what you're really doing based on any decision that you're about to make, right? For the most part, 99% of them, what you're doing is you're going to the mind and you're asking the mind, if I make this decision, how's my inner experience going to feel? So it's like, it's, we are, we use mind as a verb. You're like, do you mind if I borrow your car? And it's not like you're asking about borrowing the car. What you're asking them to do is you're going, is your inner experience going to get real messed up if I borrow your car? It's like, do you mind, right? That's literally the language we use, right? Do you mind if I borrow $1,000? And then you instantly go to the mind and go, how's that going to be for my inner experience? I don't like this. I do like this. And then you respond based on it. It's like when you buy clothes, male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter to me, right? If you're in there and you are trying clothes on, it's, it's, you already know how the clothes feel. I'm pretty sure you know whether it's weather dependent. If it's cold, you have a jacket, you can feel that. But when we go and we look in the mirror, right? The thing we go and look in the mirror is what you're looking for is how it hits you. How does he, how does it make you feel inside when you look at these things? That's what you're doing with every decision. Oh, should I take this job? Should I take this opportunity? Should I go over here? Majority of these decisions, what you're doing is you go to the mind and it's like you have a little movie theater in there that you sit down and go, if I do this, how am I going to feel? If I go out with Brian tonight, how am I going to feel? If we go to this party, is John going to be there? He's not going to make me feel good. That's how you're making decisions. This is why decisions are so tough, by the way. It's because we're, we're, we're going to a mind that doesn't actually really know. It only knows based on your experiences. But guess what? In the last 33 minutes that we've been, we've been talking, there's been a trillion experiences that have happened. You've seen one or two, right? So we just don't really know. It would be like, and this is what even just funny with life, because we think that we know what life's about. None of us really do. Let's be real. You're here for 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. The Earth has been here for four and a half billion. The galaxies have been here for 13.8 billion. There are billions of galaxies, right? In each, I'm sorry, in each galaxy, there's billions of planets. In each galaxy, there's billions of planets and there's trillions of galaxies. And yet we're spinning around one and we're like, we got it. I don't really like this stain on my shirt. 
Uh, this person didn't say what they wanted to say to me. How come they didn't say hi to me? It's like, the, you're just, we're causing so much suffering. And again, this is why uh, decisions become tough for us because of what we're doing. So what are you really looking for then? What are you really looking for? You know, we, we, I always call it like the indirect way. You're trying to use the outer world as a way to make your inner world have a better experience. Cause that's really what you're after. You're after an experience that you can feel inside. There's nobody else in there. It's not your business partner, not your partner, not your kids, not anybody else. You're the only one in there having this experience. And I mean, having it because you're experiencing it. There is the, remember in every moment. So hear this in every moment, there are three things that happen. There's the actual reality of the moment, right? And then you're aware that the moment is actually happening. And then there's the story that the mind creates about the moment. We're stuck in the story that the mind creates. And this is why in every moment that happens, there's actual reality and reality is going to happen. This is why a lot of us don't like time because nobody can stop it. You can't, somebody, you can't stop the pedaling of time. It just moves forward. It makes you older. It advances disease. It does whatever it does. It just moves forward, right? It just moves things forward. It's like, you can't stop it. So you just enjoy the dance of it itself because reality is unfolding. You're aware that reality is unfolding. And then all of a sudden you create a story about whether you like it or don't like it. This is why when the Buddha talks about when he went away, by the way, for four or five years, the boring and the whole story, he basically came back and in, in, in three words said what I've been saying for 35 minutes, which is all of life is suffering. And he didn't mean suffering. And when, when people talk about suffering at this level, it's not like my arm's broken or I'm walking around going through divorce or having all these challenges. I just mean you're not filled with joy and enthusiasm and peace every moment, right? Like I think about, I, I try to explain this in a way that's like, think about the highest that you've ever felt inside. Maybe that was the first intimate moment, first time you had, you had a child or you held them or a big adventure in, in sports or you big uh, financial win that you had, whatever it is. If you multiply that times a hundred, that's how you can feel every moment. That's when we, people talk about your, your suffering or the Buddha said you're suffering. That's what he meant is you're walking around. Yeah. You relatively got it. Okay. Maybe against somebody else, or you rearranged people, places and things to, to make it relatively Okay. But you're still scared. You're still suffering at some level. That's what the, that's what they mean for that. So all life is suffering. And number two, he said, the reason why all life is suffering is because of likes and dislikes right? Or preferences, right? And I'm not going to go into that whole thing, but it's not about, it's, it's not just about uh, not having preferences. It's, it's the detachment to a lot of these things. It's so what you're really looking for every day. And I just want you to watch this. We're not going to cover everything here. And I'm going to go to questions in a few minutes. So make sure you're posting it, not just about this, but about the last two days or any ahas or comments. And Michael's going to start going on there, but really what you're really after, right? Is this beautiful inner experience that you can have. That's what you're looking for. And when you can really, when you can be fed from within, right? When you are, the energy is flowing inside you at that level. When think about the last time, when you were first in love with whoever that is for you, right? It didn't matter where you went to dinner or where you were, you, where you were sleeping. You were just so over heels to be with this individual, weren't you? Right? That's the level that you can participate at. Right. That's what it's meant to be. Right. When it's the kingdom of heaven is within you, it's just it's just in you. Right. That's that's what you're really looking for. 
we're just, we're, we, we have bought into this culture that we get it from things outside because there is no, no denying that you do feel better when you get things you want. All right. So how do we play checkmate with life? The goal of, of life in general, if you really want to play checkmate with this, meaning that, okay, I get it. I, I've seen through this. I've gotten a lot of things in my life and I haven't been permanent, permanently filled with peace or joy or whatever it is, right? I'm not there. So let me just, let's play checkmate with this. And the best way to do this is that you become okay with everything. The other way of saying this is that you need nothing and enjoy everything. It's a lot and your mind's going to freak even if you go ask for this, right? It's just like, but the question I always ask is, why can't you be okay with everything, right? Why can't you be okay with everything? And you're going to go, that's not the way life's supposed to be. And there's the number two rule from the Buddha who says, because you have likes or dislikes, right? That's it. When you, when you, when you open up differently, again, it doesn't mean you don't have goals. It doesn't mean you don't take vacations. It doesn't mean you don't go out there and have kids or ski or do any of those things that are out there. That's the whole point. Go play with the world. It's the whole outer world and it's wonderful. It's designed for you to be there. That's why there's so many different human beings that are out there. They all look different. They say things differently. Who cares? They're all different, right? The same thing, just like there's plants and animals that are different. You can enjoy all of it. But the only reason why you can't is because the mind goes, I don't like that. It's not supposed to be that way. And there is the cause of suffering. So in order to play checkmate with life, right, to really embody and, and have a meaningful life, right, and in a life that when you at the end, you can say, man, I was just filled with this experience of life, which is really what you're going to want to say, right? At least I believe it is. And so when you're there, it's, you've got to be okay with everything. And then people would say, well, I can't do that. And I go, well, then you're always going to have conditions in life and you're going to be okay as long as this happens. And you're going to be okay as long as this happens. And the problem with conditions in life, right? You can play the conditional life or you can play the life where you can be filled. And the conditional life is that you're okay, but then you think about losing it. And you think about over here and you're just constantly spending so much energy trying to hold pieces together. So the ultimate checkmate with life is truly being okay with whatever happens. And I mean, really okay. When you can detach yourself from the outcome, life becomes way more beautiful than it already is beyond comprehension of how you're being fed from within the joy that it brings to you. It doesn't mean that you go out there and become a rocket scientist. It doesn't mean that you go out there and have to be the largest philanthropist. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that you're enjoying whatever you're doing. Remember, spirituality or personal growth is never about changing what you're doing. It's about changing the part of you that's interacting with it. And that is how you play checkmate with life. When you're truly at a stage where you can need nothing and truly enjoy everything, you enjoy the, the months that come in there that are wonderful financially. And by the way, events outside have, a, have, a, have an energy to them. Everything does. A butterfly feels differently than a rattlesnake. I think we would all agree on that, wouldn't we? Right? Well, making money feels different than losing money. Hiring an employee feels different than losing an employee. It just does. It doesn't mean one's right or wrong. It's only our personal minds that say that's right, that's wrong, and therefore that's what we go after. I'm serious. This is what we do with every single part of our life. And so we literally get caught up in this game of being an outward and a worldly person, right? It's like, I'm in this world, but not of it. Like you're in the world, play with it, have fun with it, 
Again, do all the things that you would do, but just understand you don't need any of them to be fulfilled. Nothing. There are plenty of people that have seemingly nothing that you all know, that I don't know, but you know, that seamlessly have nothing and they're the happiest people. And there's people that have plenty of money that you know that are miserable. So it's not the outer world or they have perfect spouses or partners and they're miserable or not miserable, right? It's just, it's, you can come up with scenarios for all this, but that can't be the end. The play checkmate truly with life is that you wake up every morning with the intention that I'm okay with whatever happens. I'm truly okay with it. You don't go looking for it. Life will show up anyway, doesn't it? It just shows up. It does its dance. It flows, it, it dodges, it weaves, it prevents you, it gives you wonderful opportunities. And when you open up, feel great, feel it. And when it, when the depth of life takes you to a low, right? Like it just feel that too. That's the whole point is to feel the experience of life. But man, we cut ourselves off from the actual experience of life. We cut ourselves off from feeling the whole experience of it. If somebody dies near you or next to you, I don't mean literally, but like that, you know, you're going to feel tremendous sorrow or sadness. Feel it, please. That's the experience. There's nobody that goes through life that doesn't experience somebody that dies next to them. Experience it. If somebody's born next to you, experience what it's like for, for new life. That is why you have a heart. That is why you're here is to experience this, not to get what you want, right? It's not about that. You will end up getting what you want. Just it's in an indirect way. You, you stop doing that and you'll be fed from within and then you wouldn't even change anything, right? Because you'll be sitting there filled so highly from within that you're able to handle anything that's outside. That makes you fierce competitor. That makes you continue to show up. That makes you interact with life better. And go back to what Phil said when he was playing with Lakers. He said, literally, why do you let go of the outcome? Because it's way more fun to live your life that way. And the same thing here for all of us. It's way more fun to build a business when you're not scared. It's way more fun to build a business when you're not nervous or anxious. It's way more fun to build a business and live your life when you can let go of the outcome. So that's what it really means to live a 200% life, which is 100% outer world, and, but more importantly, there's 100% inner world. Most of us have spent our entire lives in the outer world, in a less than 1% or inner world, but there's a whole thing in there. And hopefully this just sparked a little bit of that for you today, right? Which is just, wait, maybe there is something there. I don't care whether you agree or disagree with me, it's irrelevant. I just want you to explore this for yourself. And there is this whole experience in there. I am feeling something different. I can feel my heart differently. That is the goal. That is how you play checkmate. So there's a little thing that I always keep on my desk or anywhere is it's just need nothing, enjoy everything. We've made shirts that say that just need nothing, enjoy everything. Again, why? Because life's way more fun that way. everybody before you leave today Hallie and I wanted to thank everyone who has left us a review it really does make a huge impact in helping us get this podcast into the hands of other conscious leaders here's what Sean had to say Sean from Albuquerque says I have listened to business meets spirituality from the beginning and there are so many important principles and lessons on how self-leadership precedes leadership in order to grow your organization or business, you have to lead yourself first. And I have learned how to go inward in order to achieve the level of growth I must obtain in order to grow my business. This is a must listen for any type of business owner. Thanks, Sean, for leaving us a review. And by the way, please let us know what you like about this podcast or what you would like to see more of by leaving us a review wherever you listen to our show.